0: what's going on guys welcome on back to the second in short podcast here on the mosaic mc network i am your host ty lauder joined with mosaic MC East, jason peasley intro out of the way today we are talking about six rookies you should try and avoid in your rookie drafts this year if you want to be a winner instantly uh but the great thing about this is we each have three rookies that we personally do not want to draft at their current adp based on superflex standards all of our APs will be running off of Sleeper app, uh, where I believe that's where the most common people are drafting uh, overall. With that being said, each of us have our own list, that doesn't mean that we all agree, so we'll debate about some of these guys as well. If you're interested in this and you want to see the flip side of it, last week we talked about six guys, plus three bonus uh, of guys that we think you'll be instant winners if you come out of your rookie draft. So, with all that being said, instead of introducing you in, Jason, to talk about everything, <laughs> why don't you just talk about your first guy? And it's going to be the first player that one of us is saying, do not draft their ADP. And I'll give you the ADP I looked it up for. I'll give it to
1: you once you say your are All right, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, not well. uh, I'm not taking Will Levis. I'm not taking Will Levis.
0: Who comes in in Superflex, uh, ADP 10, so simple, the 1.10. In superflex drafts, the back end of first rounds and every rookie draft I've been in so far, that's two quarterback. This is exactly the range he's in. Go ahead and lead off. Why you're not taking Will I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not sold on him. Um, I think he comes into a situation where he still had, you still have Tannehill there, you still have Malik Willis there. He's going to have to vie for. Uh, the opportunity and, you know, yeah. if we look back last year, Malik Willis was the, the barrel bell of the ball. Everybody wanted to, expect him to go high. He slid. He Nobody, you know, there's a lot of tests, the same basically roadmap that we've set this year. Um, so there's no lock that he's going in. So I don't think that you spend, that you go up that high to get him. I mean, there's a lot more valuable positions you can get in this range over him.
0: All right, so 110, you're on the clock. Let's assume that most of the the quarterbacks, you know, top two running backs, receivers kind of going and everything. So what's your alternate? Which direction are you going?
1: Uh, I mean, I've got Miller here. Uh, If Flowers is on the board, I'd much rather have Flowers in this position, you know, because he's in this range. So right there, I mean uh Rashad Johnson is somebody that's moved up my board into, you know, this being his ceiling, of course, but those players that I think that provide you more value in at least my opinion, than Will Levis right here. I think sliding Will Levis back to maybe the beginning of the second is more valuable, even in a super flex, but I just think he's got so much competition. And he's going to be holding a clipboard for a while.
0: So let me counterpart this. Like, let me give the other side of this and everything. We're not the grants, And this will be the one that I think we debate the most on. I think Will Levis is fantastic value at the end of the first, considering the fact that in a super flex league, two quarterbacks rule in value. So if we're going to go on the assumption that, I mean, think about the quarterbacks like that you could trade for the 110 right now that you'd feel good about getting a quarterback in a trade. We're talking like Kirk Cousins. You feel good about that? What about like Jimmy G? No, I think no, no. Okay, so we're we're right there. That's our line right there. So if you get somebody of kind of that like can score in the range of like Cousins, sure, you're okay. But If you can get somebody like Jimmy G, you're like, no, I don't want that. If Will Levis becomes a starting quarterback and returns value. He should, in theory, at 22 years old, be worth more than a 110 straight up next year. The value will be there. This is if he's starting. Ryan Tannehill's in the last year of his deal. Um, I believe, all, all in my heart, that the Titans were trying to trade up into the first round. So yeah, he's a second round quarterback, you know, draft capital. But he's way different than Malik Willis just on the fact that he wasn't a third round draft pick. He wasn't a late draft bloomer. Will Levis has been talked about all year long, before the college season started, you cite him as a first-round pick. He fell, and there's even reports out that the Colts said that if Anthony Richardson was taken before them, they were going to go Will Levis. He was their next guy, and they would have taken him at four. So had somebody traded up you know, to draft the quarterback at, at three, we could have seen the first four quarterbacks go in a row. That's my thing there. Now, there are concerns when he is coming to situation as a backup, and we have to just see what's going to happen. Tennessee will be in a rebuild. Uh, the Titans, you know, if if they're really bad next year, they're going to be in position to get somebody like Caleb Williams or Drake May, who both are better right now. If they were in the draft, they would have been drafted higher than Will Levis. There are concerns. He only has one really wide receiver and killed on Burks, and that's kind of, you know, the rest of the team is getting older. They're going on a downstring. He's got, um, he's got, he's, he's got, he's got Co at tight end. But yeah, I I see the concern. I do think if somebody like Zay Flowers is there, you you take the you take Zay Flowers. I do think the end of the first is a very risky situation because it's more of like hopes and prayers and which yeah. side of the coin do you think be true? So let's go on and move into the second player here. This is my first player to avoid in the draft, and we're going to stay with Tennessee. This is going to be running back, Kaji Spears. Uh, He's currently ADP of 21, which is pick 2.09, and now I hear what you're all saying. Okay, well, that's like running back six or seven. It's the back end of the second. Not a big deal. You could probably, before your rookie draft starts, if it hasn't started, you could probably trade that 2.9 for an aging running back. You could probably sell that maybe for like Joe Mixon if somebody's like mm. Alvin Kamara if they're like mm. and those guys yes well older still have I believe two to three years of productivity in them and I think they will return almost instant um, uh, satisfaction over the two point oh nine. What do we what do we need Tajay Spears to do? We need him to play bigger than he is. We need uh, Derrick Henry to to fall off the map. We need the Titans to, after Derrick Henry falls off the map, not reinvest in another running back later next year or the year after that. We need the system to stay the same where they run the ball three hundred. There's too many things that we need to go right just for Tajay Spears to be an RB one sure We don't have to always look for the RB one to be RB two. But it's not that he's like super risky or anything like that. It's just the the immediate impact of an upside in value for this player, I don't see it. Even next year, if Henry's gone, you can't tell me the Titans aren't going to be a dumpster fire, where maybe they don't run the ball as much as they did. You know, and sometimes teams run as well as they do because of who they have. And I don't care if Cowboy fans get mad at me or anything. The reason why um, uh, uh, the Dallas Cowboys ran so much with Emmitt Smith in the 90s is because Troy Aikman was an average quarterback in real, in, in real yeah. time. He was like an okay quarterback. If they didn't have him at quarterback, and let's just say Brett Favre was the Cowboys quarterback, they wouldn't have ran the ball as much with Emmitt Smith. They would have thrown a lot more. That's how it is. So when the Titans move on from Henry and Spears is the, the guy, they might be pass heavy with Will Levis at quarterback you know, or whoever. So what's your argument on this, though, against it, if there is one?
1: Um, I I agree. You would have to have so much stuff to go right for Spears to be maximized value. I think Spears is a capable running back. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he could put up numbers. Of now, his being um, uh, back in RB two throughout his career, if that. But you you're going to be Behind Derrick Henry, who again twilighted his career, but you're going to be playing from behind so much, the run game is going to probably be abandoned um, outside of what Henry gets. So this is somewhere where you said get a get a more stable uh, contributor, uh, or even trade it out and get a pick next year where it's a better draft class, and you can actually add more value by trading out of this draft class in this position.
0: Now let's go ahead and stay in the same range, but let's move on to a new position we haven't talked about yet. Let's give your second guy that you're avoiding him and then I'll give you the ADP form as well.
1: My second guy was uh, somebody that is being boosted up draft boards simply because of his location where he got drafted. Uh, and that's rice uh going to Kansas City I think he lands in an optimal situation but I just think that with tony there uh you still have Kelsey there you you're gonna have a lot of volume to go around but I just don't think that he can he can shoulder uh all that volume that's available with uh Hardman leaving with Juju leaving it's You know, there's going to be targets there, but I think that's going to be, a lot of that's going to be ate up by Tony. And Rice is coming into a situation where he's going to be more of a burner on the outside. Uh, Tony's going to be more of your possession receiver and, you know, you got the best tight end in the league with Travis Kelce. So, I, I think Rice is being drafted way too high with way too many lofty expectations so
0: rasheed rice uh second round draft pick in the nfl uh, is currently at adp 19 so we're talking pick 207 so very similar range to tajay spears so rasheed rice uh the thing that we're that people will be falling into here is that it's um it's sky Moore again right it's a it's a it's a, a day to pick uh going to an optimal offense that uses lots of weapons but we didn't see Sky Moore step up right away as a rookie, which we don't always see. Is that kind of where your concern comes from? I mean, he comes from, you know, a smaller school, and then this, you know, Rasheed Rice comes from SMU, so it's still it's not small, but it's not a big school. Uh, is that kind of where your concern is, that he's, like, going to fall in the same range as Sky Moore? I,
1: this, yes. Uh... In, in my honest opinion, uh, if you want a wide receiver uh, comparison that, you know, I'm pretty sure broke a lot of people's heart, this is the King uh, Neil, uh that the Patriots had, that had all the upside and everything landed in an ideal situation and just busted. And I think that this is where we're we're going to land with Rice. He's got all the tools to succeed but just won't i mean I, I don't think that he's ready to play that nfl type game coming from smu a smaller school uh you could put up great numbers at smaller schools because the competition level isn't up to par um elite elite athletes are big fish in small ponds. um but if you would take him to the like if you would have him in the acc sec big 12 big 10 I don't think you're going to see him stand out as much. Uh, I put up the numbers he is. The
0: big thing here is that we have to look at this, and this is I'm not I'm not on board, but I'm not off off either with this. So I understand your concern for it because it's just it's we haven't seen anybody that the the Chiefs have brought in and, and you know they they draft or some of these guys they sign they just don't really click and everything and and the that's the argument right there. Like, it's like there's a lot of expectations. Like, can they live up to it? Is it really going to be their guy? You know, is this who Mahomes wanted? He's going to throw the ball to Kelsey as much as he wants. But he does have a very simple road, I do believe, to getting snaps. He's got to try and beat out Sky Moore, a rookie that didn't really get on the field a lot and everything. Mainly saw movement and usage in, like, returning. Uh, NDS, who is a deep threat. He's not an all-around receiver. doesn't have a great route tree. Um, and then he's got to try and beat out Tony, and so and Tony's a guy that is often injured, and so it really just comes down to if Tony's healthy. Tony is the best receiver out there. That's, there's no argument, question about that. Yeah. But Rice could easily carve himself into a number two role, pending how the other guys develop around him. I've seen a lot of people saying that they love Rice, um, in Kansas City, but it's the same thing. We did see. Sky more last year the only difference is Sky more was getting drafted at like 110 111 last year so the value on rice is better than it was on Sky more um I understand not wanting to buy into it it's kind of I, I think I know where you're coming from it's kind of like I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna taste the dip if it's great dip good on you but I just think it might be bad and i'll take the risk of being in the middle it's kind of like uh, I saw somebody talking about this we'll sidebar for a second um, uh, Somebody on Twitter was talking about, don't sell Javante Williams right now and trade. And, and, I'll, and this all makes sense in a second. And he's like, you're selling him at your lowest value. And I was like, immediately I jumped on and just disagreed with that. I was like, no, no. If he doesn't return from injury and he can't show that he can play in the NFL, his value is going to tank to like a fourth round pick. That's his lowest value. Like if you sell a guy, if you sell somebody like Williams now, sure, you might only get like a late first, but that's middle ground. Will he pop and be worth more? Sure, good for them if he does. But it's also a 50% chance that he'll be worth nothing at all. So you take the middle ground. And so I think that's where like Rashid Rice is. It's like, okay, I'm gonna take an option on a guy that I think has a, a better chance at starting because of, you know, better tool set, better, better, not but just better fit with the quarterback um, and more likely to step into a role early. My number two guy, I try my best, try my best, is running back for the Jets, this is Israel uh, Bonnie Conda. Uh, I, I, I said that and it felt good, but I don't think I said that right. Um, he's a fourth round pick. He's the thirty ADP, so he's three point oh six right now in drafts. I have seen him go in mid second rounds. I've seen him go high. I don't get this. Um, this is just let's just let's just forget about how good of a player he is. He's behind Bryce Hall um, and uh, Michael Carter instantly. They also, yeah. have, they also have uh, Z Knight over there, too, who's still on that team as well and played really well on the stretch. So I get this if it's like, well, what if Hall doesn't like your turn, like Carter could be on his way out, you know? but he's still only going to year three. There's so much competition in front of him that it's, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to step on right away and be the guy in year one, year two, year three. Bruce Hall is supposed to be Joe Mixon, you know, he's supposed to be a guy that is there for the next seven, eight years as the number one. So in the third round, I would much rather mid third, high third, I'd much rather try and get a future second from the best team in the league and get 211, 212 next year and just punt this this pick right here. Or I'd rather dive into a position that I think could have in two years, could build up upside in like one of these tight ends, you know, like the tight end four or five or six and take a risk there. I'd rather do a dart throw on a receiver like Nathaniel Dell, who is, you know, going to be one of CJ Stroud's top guys. I think. I'd rather go that route than take a running back that I think is going to be fourth on the depth chart and in year three will still be two at best.
1: Yeah, uh, he goes into a very crowded situation, especially with, with everything going on, the whole offensive changing around to Taylor, to Aaron Rodgers coming in. So that's gonna be a lot more passing. So, you know, the the load is already being taken off uh, Hall right out the gate. I mean, he's not gonna have to be uh, abused as much as he would have with anybody else under center. So getting a a running back like this, that's gonna be basically buried on the depth chart, it is pretty much wasting a pick in my opinion. Um, you know, you like you said, you could punt, get a late second. I mean, get a developmental player like um the kid out of Houston that CJ Stroud loves. Um there's I mean right here, I mean, if you could even get McBride right here is would be a good good thing here. I'm really high on McBride right now. Uh, if he's sitting there, I would much rather have McBride. Everybody talks about how he's buried as well. But you know, you have Cook Uncertainty. You had Madsen sign a really weak two year deal. So there there's value there. But yeah, I mean, I just think that getting him behind two better, younger running backs is just a waste of your pick.
0: Well, just guys that we're talking about that are getting drafted in the same range as him are running backs like Chase Brown. ADP is a little bit higher than him. I think as an easier road to being a starter for the Bengals, uh, Zach Evans as well, who's behind, you know, Cam Akers, who who you hate, um on a personal. Note. Not even like just yeah. You know, it's just because he, yeah. he, he ruined you in in our survivor. Yeah. Um yeah. and there's other there's tight ends, you know, there's Washington, there's Shoemaker, uh, there's Strange, there's I think guys that could carve into a role sooner on their teams than I think, you know, IA I, I will. And so, with that reason, I, I would rather just not take a risk there. I would rather just spray, you know, I would even trade out. If I was at 3-6 and he was on the board and he's like, my top guy and I didn't really like anybody else around, I would legit sell, sell this pick and, like, whoever my wide receiver 4 is to try and get somebody who's, like, wide receiver 3. Just, like, the move up or something, you know? Like, I I like I would try and trade, like, I don't even know how I, basis, but I would trade, like, him and, like, Portland Sutton to go up and get a, a team's, I think, somebody that could fit in that range. Like a, like a, like a, Tyler Lockett, I would rather trade him for, like, you know, him and a lower receiver for, like, Tyler Lockett, stuff like that. I would try and go up where I could get an aging guy and just use it. It's the same thing that I did with my last pick there, so. Why don't you go ahead? We went a little longer. Let's kind of speed this up a little bit. Let's go back into the first round with a guy you don't like. He's got an. I'm going to just kill it right now. ADP of 12, so 112.
1: I'm not buying, I'm not buying Trebonnet. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be what the hype is. Uh, I mean, he's behind uh, Kenneth Walker. Um, yeah, there's some success there. Walker's coming off injury. But I, I really think that this is somebody that, if on another team, would would be a star. Uh, but I think him being being behind Walker really limits his upside. You're going to see uh, a whole lot of Pollard when he was behind. When Zeke was thriving and you had Pollard. Um, right now, you know, we talked about Mattson behind Cook. Uh, I, I think, you know, you got the A.J. Dillon. Uh, I think that's going to be where it is. It's going to be a he's behind a better back, limited in his ceiling. But if he was on another team, he would have, have a much higher ceiling. So I think the draft capital there is the fact you're you're drafting praying for an injury to a, a much better um, running back.
0: And he's going in the same range as, I mean, you already talked about Will Levis, but he's going in the same range as like Dalton Kincaid, um, a chain. Miller, uh, Michael Meyer, Jonathan Mingo, uh, all those guys are going in like the same range. And outside of Levis, who we already talked about and everything, I mean, we could argue Kincaid has got an easier route to getting snaps and playtime and being a big time guy. Uh, same thing with those running backs as well. Um, Michael Meyer, clear cut starter, and then Jonathan Mingo, kind of same thing. So yeah I totally get the risk there. ultimately carve up potentially at like a max, like a, you know, a, 20th overall running back and can be like a late run running back two or um or like a high end running back three that's kind of the hope like can he get 150 to 200 touches split with reception aries with walker um also is walker healthy but there's things that you're hoping happen negatively to walker to make this kind of work out so i get not wanting to take the dip here it's a i'm not a fan of the landing spot i'm a fan of the player great skill set but it's just yeah, I, I agree in the first round. It's a little too risky. Again, if you're at the 112, I would rather just trade it for a future first trade up and hope that I get a better landing up there. And with the final player, we're going to talk about quarterback Hendon Hooker. Now, Jason stepped away and everything, so I'm going to finish this off. Uh, I'm not a fan of buying him right now at ADP of 20. That's going at pick 2.08, probably going a little bit higher, especially if we see somebody like Will Levis sneak up in the draft near Superflex Leagues. Or two quarterback. Here's my thing. Uh, he's already let's let's talk about the things that everybody talks about. We all talk about how is his age, right? He's also a third-round draft pick, which is the hit rate is even lower for them. On top of that, he's behind Jared Goff, who I thought had a fantastic season uh, with the Detroit Lions. And if them moving up, I mean they were an eight and nine win team. Let's just play through a scenario. The Detroit Lions, as we're all kind of saying and predicting right now, are going to be a playoff team next year. So if Jared Goff takes this team to eight and nine, and then takes them to like 10 and seven, why would they give up on him? Because of an upside of Hennon Hooker, who's three years younger, that's it. By year three, Hennon Hooker might take over, but that's such a long time for an investment on a guy that's gonna sit on your taxi for a while, and isn't gonna return value right away. Where I think Hennon Hooker's the type of guy where we see this all the time, if you don't draft him, in year two going to year three, he's probably cheaper to buy than he was to draft as like a mid to Essentially high second round pick. With that being said, just don't take the risk. Don't buy the dip. Invest in other positions. Uh, there are other guys we kind of talked about the landing spot and everything earlier. Let's talk about guys that are going around him. Um, you know, Jaden Reed, receiver for Green Bay. I like his spot there. Some people we talked about, Rice, I think could have a potential nice carving out there. Um, Sam Laporta, Jalen Hyatt, Luke Musgrave, uh, Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby. I think Roshan Johnson is getting drafted a little bit higher than his ADP of uh, 24, but I think, you know, Tank Bigsby, who I think is going to carve out a nice pass catching role in Jacksonville. I just think that there are better things that you can get for the 2.08 at ADP of 20. It's also a good trading spot as well to just move out completely, move back a couple picks, or just trade it for a proven entity in uh, somebody that's like a low end wide receiver two to three or like long wide receiver or running back two or pair up this two eight with jimmy g and move up and go get Derek carr or something of that nature I, I just think that you could you could really invest this in a much better way than having a guy that is probably locked into your taxi squad for two to three years and with all that being said uh that is it for us here today on second and short mosaic MT network we're talking we talked about six players three that my I'm out of and with the grass and three that Jason's out of as well make sure you guys check us out all of our TikToks Instagram uh Facebook you know Twitter we have stuff going on we're trying to get to 500 on Twitter uh we're trying to you know get to 200 on YouTube so come join us there we have daily daily reels and shorts and videos and everything going up so uh, come join on if you want some more help for Dynasty Football NFL insight, as well as dive into the indoor football world as well. All that being said, thank you guys for listening. Have a good day.